I don't know whose wise idea it was to have a fantasy <laughs> draft for the NBA All-Star game, but we did it, and I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I am I'm a brilliant NBA mind. I think you uh, underestimated my ability to look at the points per game of each player and then pick them accordingly. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the, the question, Don, and congratulations on your 174 to 117 victory. What was your strategy? It was simply that. I went b- before the podcast, and I uh, looked up all the points per games of all the players. And I was going to worry about position and stuff, but when I, the roster I was looking at only had one center listed, and that was Yao Ming, and he was not even playing in the game. So I figured if uh, the website I was using didn't care that much about position, then I won't worry about it that much either. You know, it's interesting. The captains were Chris Paul, who had 10 points, and Dwayne Wade, who had, or Derek Rose, who had 11 Right. So neither captain gave other team a huge disadvantage. The alternate captains were Paul Gasol and Dwight Howard. Now this is where there was a big difference. Paul Gasol had 17 points where Dwight Howard had five. Ooh. So you got a 12-point bump there. And then also I picked three of the four Celtics, and they were a bust. Uh, Paul Pierce had two points. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Al Halford. Uh, Paul Pierce had six points, Rajon Rondo had six points, and Ray Allen had 12. So in those spots, I, I didn't get what I thought. How did our Hawks do? It was Halford, Halford versus uh, Joe Johnson. My guy got two, and Joe Johnson got 11. Okay, it's just nine there. Yeah, Kobe kept you in it a little bit. And then, yeah, Kobe uh, dropped 30. I was winning after the first quarter. Yep. And then you won the second quarter because Dwayne Wade had a huge quarter. Scored basically all his points in that. And the third quarter, you kind of your team started establishing itself. I don't know if you expect to get 29 from Le- LeBron James and Amari Staromire and have them both be behind Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant at 34. I only had the Kobe Bryant with the 37. My next best guy was 14. Yeah, Chris Bosh, who got all those points basically in the first quarter. I will take it. My team stunk. <laughs> Blake Griffin only had eight points. Ginobili eight a uh, seven. Duncan two. Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll hit on the Blake Griffin thing later too. Yeah, we're gonna talk. Uh, well, we always talk about Blake Griffin. He's near, <laughs> near and dear to the heart of this podcast. But yeah, congratulations, Donnie. Thank you. You won. You know what's interesting about it is I'm sitting at home getting ready for the slam dunk contest, and what is TNT doing but stealing our idea? I know draft and play. I mean, they're really stealing the NHL's idea, but right and fantasy football and before it. But yeah, I mean it. It works great for the NHL. I know we talked about this enough before, but it was a great idea. added a lot of fun. And I'm not an NBA fan by any means, but it added gave me some interest in it. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. I posted the uh, scores. I was updating them on Twitter as it yep. went. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, we got a little bit of response on the Damage Check message board. I don't know if it was sarcasm or reality, but either way, <laughs> either way it was Any noticed. response is a good response. Yeah, and we'll do it again next year. But uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to do something really different. We're going to have an interview with a guy that some people know from the old Damashek On Demand podcast named Zach Rosenfield. And he is uh, an analyst for a website called AccuScore.com. And what that is and what it's about, we'll go into with him. But it's a little bit different. It's definitely something for the gamblers out there who maybe enjoy sports for the sole purpose of gambling. The fantasy players. And we're going to try to expose people to different things. Have you ever heard of this site called Thuz.com? T-H-U-Z.com? I have not. 
Well, that that website is basically you can sign up, and I signed the sportscasters up. You can sign up, and you can tell them what sports you like, what teams you like, and they'll send you a text message or an email and tell you when the game is close. So, like, let's say I say I want emails about the NBA. They'll text me when it's the final minute and where to go watch it. Oh, nice. So we're going to have them on down the road. So we're just going to always try to expose everyone to different things. And this is the first example of that. So why don't we take a small break and come back with Zach from AccuScore. Our next guest resides in Los Angeles, California, and is a graduate of the University of Oklahoma. His work can be found at the sports industry's premier forecasting company, AccuScore, where he is an analyst. He focuses on the NFL, NCAA basketball and football, and Major League Baseball. His Blue Horseshoe blog is one of AccuScore.com's biggest attractions. His opinions have been published in the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and the Los Angeles Times. He has appeared on more than 40 radio stations, including being a regular on ESPN Radio, Sporting News Radio, and numerous shows on Sirius XM. A warm sportscaster's welcome to the Blue Horseshoe, Zach Rosenfield. How are you doing today, Zach? Man, what an intro. It's as if I wrote that myself. (laughs) We got to do it good for our Oklahoma boys. You know, it's not that often that we have uh, a fellow Oklahoma lover on on board. Now, you actually graduated from Oklahoma. I just became a... Yeah, I think kind of a dubious honor i think i'm in a rarefied air here where uh, being an oklahoma graduate might actually have some cachet yeah yeah absolutely now you see i became a fan because my next door neighbor growing up actually ended up uh walking on and playing two years at oklahoma basically backing up jason belzer in the uh gary gibb era and he played in a <laughs> played in a gator bowl uh but then he the gator, the gator bowl the home uh, where oklahoma threw about seventy five thousand slant ends and yeah. kill gundy broke the uh the passing record that's right so, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do more Oklahoma later, but let's start. This is your first time on the Sportscasters. So I think the thing that makes the most sense, I know some of our listeners have heard you before on your 40 radio stations and uh, Damashek On Demand and stuff like that, but I think the most sensible thing to do to start is what is AccuScore? What is it all about? I mean, I think our listeners, I know the question I've had the most when I've this week have told people who was going to be on, the most asked question is, oh, okay, what does he do? And, oh, oh, what is that? Yeah, well, excellent. I'd be glad to answer, but I have questions right back for you. So I'll <laughs> give you my answer if I uh, can get a question back. Absolutely. And yeah, AccuScore, what AccuScore is, is it's a statistical forecasting engine. So uh, it was created by some really smart people who uh, did not go to the University of Oklahoma, <laughs> Ivy Leaguers, who were able to uh, gain information or, you know, pay for statistical data and through that statistical data you know, build a um, – Build a uh, complete algor- build algorithms for to simulate player performance, and then a simulation engine to uh, basically simulate what's going to happen on a game on every night and every day. So basically, it breaks down to if somebody throws a pass. Um, let's use um, let's use Drew Brees for instance. So huh. Drew Brees 
throws a 10-yard pass to Devery Henderson. Well, within that pass are a lot of different variables. Hold on, did Devery Henderson catch it, or did he drop it? <laughs> well, let's say for, for argument's sake that he caught that. Oh, ball. wonderful. So, okay. Yeah, so everybody's excited, everybody's shocked. Right. So within that, within that system, there's a lot of variables, a lot of things that happened within that 10-yard pass. So was it first down, second down, or third down? Was it the first quarter, second quarter? third quarter or fourth what was the score in the game what was the time on the clock uh was it on grass was it on astroturf was it raining was it windy so we've been able to plug in about 110 different variables into a game and access all that data and plug it into an algorithm so we can figure out what player and coaching tendencies are and within that we simulate games 10,000 times and because of that through the comprehensive data that dates back anywhere from three to five years we're able to get a fairly good indication of what we think is going to happen on a game what's going to happen with players what we think a final score is going to be what we think an average margin of victory player performance really everything ranging from the guy who's just happy his team wins to the fantasy guru to the guy who's in vegas trying to win some money so essentially the bottom line is you plug in whatever data you have and you simulate each game 10,000 times and you come up with some percentage of time that one team wins against the spread, not against the spread, and then people can use that information uh, possibly for gambling purposes or just... Yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot of uses. I mean, we have we license our data. We have great licensing partners. We're with ESPN. Uh, we have a PicCenter Plus there. Uh, if you use Yahoo Fantasy Sports, all the projections you see are powered by AccuScore. We have a carved-out section in the print edition of the Wall Street Journal every single day. We have deals with various deals with uh, Sporting News, CBS, NBC Sports, and roughly 35 uh, local market outlets throughout the country, including the New York uh you know, the New York Daily News and the New York Post. So, you know, those are kind of what we call our PG formats, uh, people who just who want to see it. Ultimately, we have a subscription site, which is a little bit more R-rated. It, it caters to people who do have a uh, financial interest in the game. Okay, so do I, is it me again, or are you up now? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I mean, if that, if that, uh, if that culminates my answer, yes. Uh, I want to know, I, you know, I, I saw on your Facebook page that you are uh, a big fan of Millionaire Matchmaker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm married, and uh, I have a wife, I have a trophy wife, and she loves that stuff. Uh-huh. Now, I've tried to watch it, and I find that girl, Patty, incorrigible. Right. So I need to know, <laughs> what is it about that show that, A, makes you like it, and, B, make you like it so much that you'd be willing to tell your Facebook audience that you do? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't really know how to defend myself uh, for watching sh- such a horrible program, but I think we all have uh, television skeletons in our closet, and I guess Millionaire Matchmaker is one of mine. And I think what draws me to it is the fact that Patty is so incorrigible, and you can just—it's—it's. It's, I just watch her kind of abuse these millionaires, and it's kind of fascinating to me to see a how shallow all these people are and b you know how much abuse they're willing to take why i like it on facebook i i have no idea that was a mistake now my former roommate uh used to was on that show she was one of the girls uh being paired up with the millionaires her name was heidi and oh. it didn't work out for her but i remember thinking it's like heidi what are you doing don't be on that show you're crazy yeah but i'll tell you guilty pleasure we're all about the jersey shore are you into the jersey shore love it love it me love and my it. <laughs> Up until a couple of weeks ago, I was Team Ronnie. I was uh, all about Ronnie. You know, yeah. this guy had it made. He was great. But then I think he had an adverse reaction to the steroids. Yeah, little you know, rage. He realized, Too much crying. You know, yeah, I mean, what's up with that? I mean, I realized that the Eminem Rihanna song is really about Sammy and Ronnie. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's just crazy. But I was all about Ronnie, Team Ronnie. I love single Ronnie. If you're 23, 
tan, on steroids, and on MTV. You need to be having the three-way kiss and going home to your girl. But if you're going to cry about it, uh uh-uh. I don't know what to do. I think I'm team Pauly now. Oh, Pauly's the best. Pauly D is the best. He gets the taxis all lined up, you know. Um, And if if you ever played Super Mario Brothers uh, for the Wii, uh, he sounds just like Luigi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I got my wife an MVP shirt for Christmas. Uh, oh, she must it, love it, it went well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back into sports a little bit before we completely embarrass ourselves. Uh, we, sh- by the way, I'm a big fan of The Wire. I just want to throw that out. And Mad Men <laughs> and The Sopranos. I just want to use that. Sopranos, you what What about Million Dollar Listing? You ever watch that show? No. See, Million Dollar Listing is fascinating because it's out here in Los Angeles, and you have all these young, hungry, go-getters slash douchebags out there trying to hustle jobs and trying to make these million-dollar sales on these homes, which everything's a million-dollar you know, house out here, which is crazy. It's the reason why we rent. Right. But <laughs> this show, I'm telling you, I can't turn it off. Really? But we have, we have a deal in our house. I won't turn it on, but I won't turn it off. Million-dollar <laughs> Listing, everybody. All right. NCAA, it's about that time where we're getting ready uh, to fill out our brackets. How can AccuScore help us with that is one question. And another question is, who does AccuScore currently think will be the top seeds as we enter that tournament? Oh, man, those are good questions. Um, You know, college basketball is one of the hardest sports to project, um, largely because there's so much turnover and the team can change from year to year. I mean, Oklahoma, for instance, you know, two years ago or three years ago, they were in the Elite Eight, and now they're on. you know, days away from being on probation. Yeah, so, you know, know, college basketball is a really hard sport to project, largely because there's so much turnover. The college basketball that you and I probably grew up with, you know, with teams like Duke, where you'd have the three-year starters, I mean, that's so far gone. So it's really all these one-and-done guys or guys, you know, who have been around for two years. Duke's actually an easier team to project because, you know, you just plug in all the variables and they're the same team every year virtually, and they did have a good returning class from their national championship team. But we have two little systems that, uh, you know, we've you know, we created for, um, for March Madness. One is our Bracket Caster, which is available, which will be on uh, ESPN and Sporting right. News and on our site. And that's where you'll be able to um, plug in all the teams. Uh, it plugs in all the teams that are making the tournament then simulates the games. And uh, you can see the probability round by round of what each team has to advance. Okay, so you can you can actually use the system round by round as they go from from opponent to opponent. Uh, well, yeah, but also what we add, what we added to it too is kind of like a random element. So there could be a situation where, like, uh, let's say Louisville is going to play Western Carolina, and Louisville is beating Western Carolina seventy percent of the time, but it might advance Western Carolina only because of the random element. Because remember, if one team's winning seventy percent of the simulations, the other team did win three thousand of the ten thousand times. So if you don't like that, you can kind of manually advance the teams you like and simulate the games and see what the probability is for that. And we also create a, a, a free cheat sheet on our website where people can download round-by-round probabilities for each team. So what's the probability of one team going, for, you know, winning their first-round game, making it all the, all the way to the finals? Well, I don't know how much information you can give up, but what, the other part of that question, I guess, was you know, as, as you look at the projections now, what teams kind of seem like they're the cream of the crop in the NCAA basketball world? Is it the same well, as the polls, or is it a little of, different? No, I'll tell you who's not the cream of the crop. There's Syracuse and Villanova. I watched that game yesterday. My Brutal. God, that was terrible. Brutal. I mean, you guys need to realize the idea is to score the basketball, <laughs> not just clank it off the backboard like white chocolate from uh, a long game poly. Yeah. So what teams are uh, at the top? 
Uh, I think, you know, it, it really comes down to the committee, but I think we could all agree that, tech, uh, that um, pardon me, Ohio State would be a number one seed, that um, uh, God, Kansas will probably be a number one seed, that Duke will be a number yeah. one seed, and then it looks like probably it would, it would go to Texas. Um, you know, the Pac-10, again, is a little weak this year, and, uh, you know, the SEC is, uh, you know, marginal. You know, they'll fill up these, those three and fours in the SEC. And I, so I'm going to guess it's going to be those four teams, Ohio State, Texas, Kansas, and uh, um, uh, Duke. The other day I was just flipping around the channels. Actually, this, this happened last night, right? And Carmelo Anthony was traded, and I knew you were coming on. And I was wondering... When a superstar player is traded from one team to another, how do the computers react to that? What happens well, to Denver now, and what happens to New York when they add a player like that in your system? Well, it's you know the system just doesn't automatically recognize it. We have a, a master programmer named Stephen O who has to stay up late and drink a lot of wine and just completely swear and cuss out everybody that uh, all these things are happening while he's trying to get some sleep. <laughs> but you know, prior to the trade, uh, the New York Knicks we had they're simulating to win. Uh, I believe they were. I'm looking at the numbers right now. They, we had them to go uh, like 41 and 43. So now uh, with Carmelo, what we do is we plug in, you know, delete the guys that were in the system, then we plug in the new team, and then we simulate each game one, you know, play at a time, as I right. mentioned, and then we, we simulate the season 10,000 times and the new projections there that we think the Knicks are going to become a 43-39 and 39 team from here on out. And it's actually interesting because a, a monster trade midseason was actually how I met Damashek was around the um, Shaquille O'Neal trade to Phoenix, and that's how I actually won the Blue Horseshoe song. So um, <laughs> I... <laughs> uh, and looking at the Nuggets, I mean, they're kind of a lost cause. I mean, we had them at 45 and uh, 45 and 37 going into the trade, and now they're going to be about 44 and 38 after. So it's not a huge step back for them. I mean, it's more of a business decision for the Nuggets because they had to get something for uh, Carmelo. Um, I'm sure the Knicks gave them, you know, quite a lot. How did AccuScore do last season with the NFL? Was uh, Green Bay a team that AccuScore had keyed on early, or was that a surprise Super Bowl winner for AccuScore? Well, it depends on really how you look at it. I mean, Green Bay was a really, you know, kind of up-and-down team against the number uh, with us because you know, half their team was on IR, at least a lot of their playmakers. 15, when you have, I think. You know, a yeah, when you have a 1,000-yard rusher like Ryan Grant uh, go in there and you just aren't able to replace him until you get James Starks getting hot against Philadelphia, to go through that level without any sort of consistency or running game, uh, you can really be upside down with the team. And then Jermichael Finley, who is you know, supposed to be targeted so much, and he goes down. You had enough time to, uh, to figure it out, but we didn't really do well with Green Bay. But what we did do going with Green Bay is we actually um, – we had them to win the game, and in their six games going into the uh, into the Super Bowl, we were five and one and accurately picking the winner in Green Bay games. So we finished the season six and one and picking Green Bay winners straight up, which is uh, which is a nice thing to hang your hat on. You know, I love having you on my podcast, and we can talk about the different things that come to mind, and you get to talk about the site. I know a year or two ago, the site was actually getting into podcasting. Uh, initially, you had uh, Damashek on and. For whatever reason, that didn't uh, work out, but then you kind of went on a little bit on your own and did some punk podcasting, but now it seems like that doesn't really appear on the site anymore. Is there a reason that AccuScore got away from doing their own podcast that it's just not seemed beneficial? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, podcasts are great, but, I mean, you know, the idea for our side is, you know, we're, you know, we need to generate revenue. We need to generate revenue around our information. And, uh, you know, when Dave left ESPN, you know, we really, you know, wanted him to come aboard with us and, you know, be, a, be an area where he can still reach his audience, um, you know, as, you know, in a transitional period before he moved on to a different, you know, better platform, which is what happened at Adam Carolla. You know, really... So he, so he didn't go dark. And, you know, Dave was so good to us and so good to me. I mean, you know, I met David, you know, just, you know, on a, on a, on a freak introduction at a party. And I was on his show two days later, and he was really nice to me. And, you know, I liked that. So we, really we nice saw an opportunity. Yeah, so we, uh, so we saw it as an opportunity to toy around in the podcast space, and, and we thought it was fun. But, you know, in reality, I got a pretty busy day each day. So... For me to take time away to produce the podcast and the levels and compress it and make sure everything is good with iTunes, uh, you know, I just don't think the ROI on it was that good. And we didn't really get a ton of emails saying, come back, come back. Um, and I think as it pertains to my voice on radio, uh, I'm probably better chirping in over, you know, when Damashek's taking a breath rather than hosting something myself. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit of Oklahoma football before we, uh, before we get, get wrapped up. That's I, it? It's almost over? Right. Now we're going to bore people with Oklahoma talk? Well, I think we're a good 20 minutes in here. Good Lord. Yeah. I have it at 1840. Yeah, yeah. So I figure, you know, around 1840, let's do about 10 minutes Oklahoma, and then i got to call <laughs> Lee Jenkins. <laughs> nice. So this is, this is where people tune off or they say, are you allowed to swear on, that, on, your, on your show? Can you, I, like, say the F word? Sure, I guess. It's where they say, man, that fucking blue horseshoe, man. He's always talking about Oklahoma. He's <laughs> eight months away, and he's talking about Oklahoma. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. Anywhere I look, all I see is number ones next to our name for football, and basketball season is over, so let's, let's talk a little <laughs> bit of Oklahoma football. Number one team uh, in the minds of many who have guessed bef- well before spring practice has started. What about AccuScore? Do you, do you guys start to uh, assess – next season at this point or is it still a ways off for the NCAA and the NFL? When do you guys start to try to formulate opinions going forward? Well, right now we can pro- I mean, you know, we, we build up our opinions, you know, from now over the next eight months. We won't actually start releasing data until we're done with two days and we start to find out who the lineups are uh, for college football, but we have a pretty good handle. I mean, I guess maybe this is where I, you know, earn a few, a few of my dollars over here in understanding college football and the landscape. Um, as pertains to Oklahoma, I mean, yeah, they're number one. They still have that jackass Landry Jones at quarterback, which <laughs> I think is going to be a big problem. I mean, nobody throws more interceptions under four yards than uh, Landry Jones. And uh, why, that's just why, if we could just convince Landry Jones that every game was played in Oklahoma, I think we might be okay. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'd like to talk to old Landry about. Um, but if you take a look right now, if you just kind of, kind of break it up from conference to conference and you take a look, I mean, Oklahoma has a big, uh, a big uh, matchup on, I think, September 17th or September 18th when they play uh, at Florida State. If they get by Florida State, they, their only really tough remaining games are a neutral site at Texas, and then they'll go back to Stillwater for a game up there. Uh, they get Missouri at home, and uh, Missouri is going to be in a rebuilding year anyway. So Oklahoma, it, the schedule would set up for them. If you look out here out west, Oregon is definitely going to be a major contender again. Um, doesn't matter that they're going to have a lot of turnover on their offensive line because they have such a, you know, ang- angular blocking schemes that they never really block anybody straight up, so that makes up for their size disadvantage. The SEC, I think the only real contender coming out of the SEC from a preseason point of view is going to be LSU. 
And there's so many variables around LSU, especially with Jordan Jefferson and that uh, Les Miles is their coach. So the SEC <laughs> probably can beat up on itself. And then if you take a look at the ACC, you know, Virginia, West Virginia, pardon me, Virginia Tech is going to be in a rebuilding year with all, all new players and uh, weapons. Uh, Miami is uh, the most underachieving team with a lot of talent that we've seen in a long time, and I don't see them, you know, finishing up with anything less than three losses. Florida State is going to probably be loaded, and we'll see a lot what they're about when they host Oklahoma in middle September. And, you know, then you get up to the Big East where you see nothing again, and then you can kind of, you know, take a step to the left and go over to the Big Ten and really ask yourself, can Ohio State run the table in the games where there's four guys are suspended? If they are able to run the table, uh, they're going to be in a really good position to uh, to uh, at least be the best one-loss team in the country because they have a built-in excuse that they will have lost with their B team. We are only a couple weeks away from baseball. And before I let you go, we got to talk about AccuScore and Major League Baseball. It is listed as one of the areas that you do focus on. What, uh, what, if I was, you know, I, I'm getting ready for baseball season. I think I'm going to get the package this year. How can AccuScore help me go through a baseball season? Well, it really depends on what your interest is in baseball. Like, so if you, uh, if you uh, if you're saying how can I be you know financially profitable in baseball or how am I going to you know win my fantasy league or how am I going to you know can you know get myself to have the drool not drop off my chin during the dog days, uh, you know I have answers for all three of those. So um, which area are you looking to? Uh, would you want to leverage Jackie scoring? Well, you know I think our listeners maybe all three of those. You know why don't you take each one and we'll see if we can sell some Jackie score subscriptions here. Holler! All right. So, anyways, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna use it for fantasy, we have a really good fantasy uh, cheat sheet where we're able to project uh, player performance by day, week, month, half season, and throughout the year. So, if you want to looking to build a draft kit, we'll have a draft kit available where where we rank players by position and overall according to what their numbers are. So, uh, you know, check in with us probably in the uh, middle part of March. We'll have that stuff up and ready to go. Probably you know, right around the time that March Madness is uh, hitting. And if you're looking, taking a look at baseball, you know, there's two different ways to look at baseball. One is uh, you can go just straight with the AccuScore money line favorites. That's the team that's winning over 50% of the projections. Uh, that will be our projected winner. Or we have something called side value. And side value is a system where you are uh, going to be wagering on an uh, undervalued dog, uh, an over, you know, an undervalued dog or an undervalued favorite. Meaning, if the Dodgers are going to be playing the devil, uh, pardon me, the uh, the Giants, and the Dodgers are minus one ten, you know, maybe minus one ten in the uh, on the betting line, but yet they're. Um, uh, I'm trying to get this right, but they say they're a 58% favorite. Even you, you might want to bet the Dodgers because you're going to get an overlay or an underlay. So I know I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it right now. I'm following but you. But we have something we have something called side value. It's a really interesting system. So let's say you have an underdog that is um, uh, maybe plus 120. We still project them to lose, but they're winning 47% of the simulations. So even though we project them to lose, we're saying you're getting a better price. Vegas is giving you a good price on an underdog, and you should take it. The key about betting AccuScore, especially in baseball, is don't come to our site with the intentions of winning for just one day. Really uh, email us. You can email us at support at AccuScore.com. You can follow me on Twitter at AccuScoreZach and you know, tweet me questions. But find a system that works and create a sample size within that system. And, you know, we can tell you early on what's running hot and bet that system for a month and see if you like it. Every, you know, win or lose, 
go with it. Don't get discouraged with losses. Don't drop your pants, you know, if, if you win too much. Just get on a steady system and grind it out with baseball. That's what baseball really is all about, right? Just grind it out. Grind out that summer. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at it. I mean, very rarely do the teams even win divisions, you know, with an over 63% win percentage. So, you know, trying to, uh, you know, nail it on, you know, with your book is a little bit different. But as the season goes on, maybe, you know, you want to make wait a month or two, you know, see how the data, rely, you know, realizes itself. And we'll have all sorts of great trends. We'll have probably 50 different systems to look at from a statistical standpoint. And if you find something you like, go after it, uh, build a system around it, and certainly don't email me if you lose uh, one day saying we suck because, again, you know, the best insurance against variance is a long sample. We want to challenge you. <laughs> we have right, a, fantastic. We, we have a challenge. Why don't we, when the brackets come out, have a sportscasters versus AccuScore uh, bracket challenge? We'll find right, out. It, What's that? Now, and with, within this challenge, let's just you know establish some you know ground rules here. Right. Yeah. Now, do we just have to go with the higher simulations? Like, so we're going to go purely with the computers, or can we say okay, even though because what we're able to do is we're able to say like, what's the expected win rate of a one seed? What's the expected win rate of a two seed? What's the expected win rate of a three seed? So we're able to kind of identify which teams are on Cinderella watch, what teams are on upset alert. So if we can mix in that, yeah. you have a deal. Because otherwise, we're, you know, we have no chance because no. we're always going to pick the stronger team. Here's, my, here's, my, here's the way I, I, I look at it. You have access to AccuScore's information. So you fill, well, out, you, can you, too. you fill out your bracket. Well, for the purposes of this, I won't look at it. <laughs> so you fill out well, your, You're not going to cheat? No, I won't cheat. We won't cheat. So you All use right, you use your information to fill out your bracket any way you want to fill it out. You don't have to go with the higher seed. Just use your information as opposed to your gut and your, your eye okay. test. Just use your information and use it any way you want. If you want to pick one of the teams that wins 30% for some reason, be, go ahead. And then Don and I will fill out our bracket just based on our expansive college basketball knowledge. <laughs> and uh, let's see who, who wins. We've got to figure out how to score it. Uh, we can do that as we get closer, but why don't we plan on touching base again right after Selection Sunday and, and working out on our brackets? How about that? Now, and now is this just a gentleman's bet, or are we going to, you know, really... Uh, no, I think we got we got we got to put some stakes on it. I was thinking maybe, well, you know, like, uh, if we lose, like, one episode of our show might just be completely AccuScores. You know, you can... No, that'd be terrible. No, no, you guys are having a good show. <laughs> Let's not ruin it. Let's not ruin it. Okay, well, we got, um, we got some time to think of the stakes, but uh, obviously um, it, we can make it something good. But I, I, I want to take on the computers. You know, I want. Well, excellent, man. I want to see if we can uh, if we can take them out. Want to show us that we don't know shit? <laughs> I want to see for myself. I don't know. Maybe you do know more <laughs> than me. But I want. Maybe wanna, we don't. Maybe you don't. I want to try it out, and uh, I, we had a lot of we fun can. here today. So I think we could have some fun with a nice little competition, and we can battle back and forth on Twitter. It'll just be a little bit more of a way for AccuScore and the sportscasters to kind of be out there during tournament time. Steve, let me ask you a question, though. Seriously. Serious question. What Real Housewives is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has to be the one with the NBA wives. Is that is that oh, basketball, basketball wives? Basketball oh, wives. Yeah. Does that qualify? Going off the grid. That fascinates I like me. I like the girl from the old Real World. You know, she's like mm -hmm. kind of Cammy. Yeah, Cammy, yeah. Yes. 
she, she, the girl Remember that when David, David dragged her around by the hair? <laughs> yeah, he ripped her blanket off or something, and they had to kick yeah, David Yeah, oh, Tammy was not having that. And David ended up in House Party 3, and Tammy ended up in Kenny Anderson's arms. Wait, the girl that yeah, got well, dragged you know, around... Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Anderson's a sweetheart. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The girl that got dragged around in the real world is on it. Yeah, now? yeah, she married Kenny Anderson, wow. and she was a basketball wife for some period of time. I'm missing out. Yeah, I think... I think I don't think she's been on the show yet without a different wig. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember when that first Real World came out? Not the one in New York with Eric Neves, but like right. that one didn't have a critical mass. So the, but the one in Venice LA. with Aaron and Dominic and, and Cowboy John, man, that was good stuff. I remember right. I was a senior in high school and you know, just starting to experiment with some stuff and being like, man, this is, this is fascinating. This is great. That guy's dragging her around with the hair. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and then the following, the following season, we had Puck versus Pedro. And I don't think there's anything yes. more fascinating in the history of MTV than the a- a- actions of Puck. <laughs> uh, see, I disagree. Did you not watch Jersey Shore last <laughs> well, week? Well, of Ronnie course. <laughs> had that fight? That's a good That's bet. how domestic violence happens. Let me tell you something, Steve. If you and your partner over there ever get into a fight and one of them tries to take your bed and drag it out of the room, don't climb on the bed. Just no. let him go. Yeah, let it go. No, because that, that's how it's, it's not going to end up well. Right. Now, how come there hasn't been much, you know, remember when Snooky got, got punched by the gym teacher and they kind of had to edit it out and they had all these public service announcements? I haven't heard much uproar about the fact that Sammy just went out and cracked Ronnie right in the face <laughs> with a full-on punch. I mean, that's yeah, I think there's legal. a fun, I, one. She was that was a jab from close range, and the other one was just like a, a straight cold cock. And I think the guy from the gym, the gym teacher, right? Yeah, punched the wrong. He punched the wrong girl. But that actually actually uh, dovetails into something different that me and my wife talk about all the time, which is people who act like chuckleheads. When you mouth off to the wrong person, things have consequences. And you can't just go around, you know, doing three snaps in Z formation because you're Snooky from the Jersey Shore and think you can do it. Sometimes you're going to run into a gym teacher who thinks it's okay to throw right hooks to women. So, (laughs) you know, just think before you act. You know, be a little vigilant within your thought process because whether you're right or wrong, I don't know about you. I've been punched in the face hard before, and it sucks. Yeah. Well, I, I, would, say, it, I would say the other side of that is, too, if you're going to try and go and harass these people, you know, if you're, you plan on going to the Jersey Shore and you're going to try to make a name for yourself and try to harass these people, you better look out because Ronnie will put you to sleep in one punch. Yeah, one punch, bro. One, one punch, punch. That's it. Yep, one punch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's stop there. Zach, we're going to touch base again in a couple of weeks for the NCAA tournament, if that's okay with you. Yeah, excellent, man. This was a good session. I liked it. Yeah, very pleasing. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's uh, Zach from AccuScore. You can follow him on Twitter, at AccuScoreZach. Uh, the website is AccuScore.com. Anything else you need to plug? Uh, you know, um, yes. Sorry, I was eating something. I thought we were uh, <laughs> almost done. If you want to uh, check us out on Facebook, check us out at facebook.com slash AccuScore. And, uh, you know, obviously now, even if you don't like to bet games, if you just like to have odds, we uh, reconfigure our webpage, our homepage, so you can get the odds for free for all the games uh, just by coming to AccuScore.com. If you actually really want to join the site, email me, hit me up on Twitter. We will work out a deal. Okay. The old Damashek-friendly deal, so you don't have to pay full price. But obviously, if it does, if you don't win right away, don't ask me for a refund. <laughs> All right, Zach. Thank you very much for coming on. Hopefully, this will be kind of a semi-regular thing, and you can be one of our, you know, one of our guys. Kind of like you were one of Damashek's guys. You know, you're gonna have to be one of our guys now. We're starting to build up the crew. Jonah Carey's coming on. 
uh, in a couple weeks, you know, so we got Jonah Carey in the fold. Damashek's already been on once, so we want to kind of keep the family together, you know what I mean? Nice, nice. I'm glad. I had a really good time with Dave. He was always good to me, so any friend of his is a friend of mine. Yeah, he's a great guy. Really good to us, too. All right, thank you very much, Zach. We got to call Lee Jenkins, but uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. All right, boys. Keep it long and straight. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks. We are back on the Sportscasters for one last segment in what has turned out to be a super mega two-part edition of the show. First time we're going to have to split this baby up into two parts. Yeah. But I want to go over a few things before we finish off with pick four. First thing is, don't forget to check us out on the website. The address is www.sports-casters.com. You can find all kinds of great stuff there. I talked about it in the open. Uh, We have our bios up there now so you can find out a little bit more about the hosts if that moves you <laughs> uh also you can find us on facebook you can like us on facebook and i think we're swell dudes so go over there and like us it's pretty likable uh, yeah www.facebook.com slash the sportscasters and the email is very similar to that you can email us at the sportscasters at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitter we love twitter it's really fun we interact with our guests on twitter uh we work on bookings on Twitter so you can kind of see some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, the Twitter for the show is at sports underscore casters. Donnie's is at garbage radio Don, which I think he needs to turn into more sports caster friendly, but we'll yeah. let go. <laughs> shorten it up. And then mine is uh, diversity 23 at diversity 23. Now as for the schedule coming up next week is March 1st, the show it's the day after the NHL trade deadline. So we're going to have Sean Leahy from puck daddy on Yahoo. Uh, he's actually a Damashak recommendation. Yeah, that'd be a lot of he's fun. He's going to come in to talk about the trade NHL deadline. trade deadline. Yep. And then also, we have our book club, which hopefully everyone's been reading, Scorecasting. Uh, we're going to close off the first uh, book club next week. We're going to have John Wertheim in on the first to talk about his great book, Scorecasting. And the following week, I'm uh, pleased to announce, March 8th, we are going to have the great Dave Damashak back with us which uh, always is very exciting. Dave's going to be on to talk uh, all things Damashek. I'm sure you're looking forward to that, Don. I love Dave. Dave's a great guy. He's been really good to us. He's going to be on. And also then uh, March 15th, looking a little bit further out, we're going to have Jonah Carey on. Jonah Carey is another one from the uh, Damashek On Demand family. And he's going to come in to talk about baseball and hockey and his book, which is called 2%. It comes out March 8th. Definitely check Amazon for that. Okay. Down to pick four business. Now, pick four, Donnie. You are on a roll. Yeah, nine and one or something, or eight and one last two weeks. You have a great two weeks. Now, we decided to count the uh, All-Star game as a game on the picks. So, Donnie got a pick win for that, and I got a loss for that. Now, also last week, I went two and three. I won Texas over Oklahoma State, 73-55. And I won the NBA All-Star Game West over East. That was 148 to 143. I lost on the Sabres against the Capitals. Sadly, that was a, a 2-1 to one loss. Blake Griffin did not win the MVP of the All-Star Game, although he did win the slam dunk contest. Slam dunk contest. Yep. So I only got half of that. And I also lost, uh, as I said, the fantasy All-Star Game, 174 to 
18. Now, Don, on the other hand, went 4-1. and one. He won going against the Sabres. Three, I know, I hated to do it. Yep, the Blues had three, and the Sabres had none. He had a great pick, which could have been a bold prediction. He picked Cincinnati over number 18, Louisville. Unranked Cincinnati, 63-54. to 54. He also won on the West, beating the East. I gave you the score of that before. He won the uh, fake All-Star game, and we had the exact same bold prediction, and that was his only loss. So the record as we stand right now, I am 16-9 and nine with a one-game lead over Don, who's chasing me down. Coming 15 back. 15-10. Let's start us off for this week, Don. The game of the week is number 7, BYU, versus number 6, San Diego State, which, interestingly enough, when I was looking at this game on ESPN, they have San Diego State at number 4. So uh, There's the two polls, the ESPN. Oh, ESPN has their own Coaches poll, poll on USA Today and then the AP poll. Gotcha. So I think those rankings are from the coaches poll or from the AP. Gotcha. I am going to go with the better ranked home team, San Diego State. I'd love to go against you, but uh, the star of BYU, Jimmer Fredette, he's injured. He's hurt, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, sure, he's going to try to play. Uh, BYU won this matchup early in the season when they played at home. It was on the CBS College Sports Network, so not a lot of people got to see it. But I just listened to someone go on a huge tirade about how being at home in college basketball is everything. And if you're going to be a legitimate team in a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament like San Diego State hopes to be, this is a game they have to have. So I'm going to pick San Diego State to uh, win about a nine or ten point game. My host choice game, again, uh, keeping with the uh, Terry Pagula love, I say the Sabres win a very important game Wednesday night over Atlanta in Buffalo. Uh, I'd love to be at that game. Is, are you going? or I am absolutely going to that game, Don. Yeah, how, the place should be, the atmosphere should be great after the new ownership uh, announcement. It should, it's basically a playoff game for the Sabres, so I, pick, I think they're going to come out on top. Now, if we were going to do a documentary on the sportscasters, and people follow us around, you'd find out that we do our pick four and our uh, three things separately. My host choice this week is Atlanta versus Buffalo on Wednesday night. <laughs> and MSG, I think it's just a game that Buffalo is absolutely going to win. The new owner is in town, and I just can't see him losing that game. So my host choice, Donnie, ironically, in all the games in the world, is the same as what you picked. Okay, hopefully our worldwide leader is not the same because I went with uh, my typical strategy here is to find the guests on the matters and try to pick with their teams. Unfortunately, uh, AccuScore Zach went to Oklahoma, who is having a down year. So I'm going to pick against Oklahoma, playing Kansas at 4 p.m. on ESPN. I didn't write the day. Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. Okay. Don? Yes. Once again... <laughs> we do not pre-coordinate this, but sure my don't. worldwide leader pick is Kansas over Oklahoma <laughs> Saturday at 4 o'clock on ESPN. I just think Oklahoma is terrible. Kansas is playing for a number one seed. It's a huge game for them, and uh, I think they should be able to come into Oklahoma and easily defeat the Jeff Capel's squandering squad. Yeah, now that I've gotten, uh, I've come back a little bit with my picks, I started, I got to make them serious, so... That's why I had to take uh, Kansas there. My bold prediction, if, if it's not bold enough, you have to tell me not to think of something off the top of my head. I predict by the next time we record the podcast, Tim Connolly will not be a Buffalo Sabre. Plenty bold enough. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying Tim Connolly's going to be traded? He's going to be traded. Yeah, traded. <laughs> Here's the only problem I have with that. Okay. 
if you trade Tim Conley, you need to somehow find another center, center right? Yep. So do you have, and this doesn't count against you, but do you have a center that you see being, because if the Sabres do trade, trade Tim Conley, there will be a new center here. So who's that guy? I think it, it probably would just be Luke Adam, which I don't think people would be thrilled with, but I think people would be thrilled that Connolly and his four and a half million dollars are off the books for the, even if it's only for the rest of the season to get any sort of commodity back for him, I think would be a plus. And you might not be much worse with Luke Adam in there. I mean, I know Connolly has great hands and whatever, but he's been practically worthless. Yeah, he has not stepped it up since Derek Roy got hurt. Not at all. All right, my bold prediction is Sabres related but different. Uh, the Sabres are on a six-game homestand. <laughs> They've started very terribly, 0-3, oh, scoring yeah. only two goals. My bold prediction is on the strength of the ownership change, they'll finish the homestand 3-0. and Nice. So they started 0-3. I think they're going to finish it 3-0. and They'd probably be in a playoff spot if that were the case, or very close. All right. Well, that's it. Big two-part episode. Like I said, next week is going to be very exciting. We're going to finish off the first edition of the Sportscasters Book Club with John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated, sportsillustrated.com, and, of course, his book, Square Casting, which we've all been reading over the month of February. And also we're going to have on Sean Leahy to talk NHL trade deadline. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you next week. Cue the hip. Goodbye. All right.